Hello, and welcome to Ready and Newman's daily podcast, your go-to place for common questions about immigration to the United States. Ready and Newman is a team of experienced business immigration attorneys who handle a host of visa categories and complex immigration cases. This podcast will provide an insight into our daily free conference calls hosted by our attorneys, as well as discussions on hot immigration topics. Please note that information provided is not to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation and does not constitute an engagement with Ready & Newman PC or establish an attorney-client relationship. For specific advice on your situation, please contact an attorney. Here's your host. Hi, this is Rahul Reddy. Today is May 11, 2021. The time is about 11.30 a.m. Reddy Newman PC does conduct Zoom conferences every single day. For those people who are listening to this in the podcast, radio, and the media, you can check our timings at rnlawgroup.com. For those people who are in the conference, if you want to ask any question, please raise your hands in the Zoom and you'll be announced with your name to ask the question. Vima Reddy. Hi, Rahul. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you so much for taking the call. And I, I called you uh, a couple of months back about my daughter who is turning 21 in July 2010. Uh-huh. July 2021, she's going to turn 21. And okay. my, my EB2 was um, filed in 2010, July 2. So we uh-huh. just got current last month. Okay. And the, so uh, you- we filed the application for the 485 EAD and advanced payroll in um, October and I have the EADs. Mm-hmm. What is the next step I should do? Is she safe now? I don't so, have to worry. Okay, let me make sure. Your priority date is July 2010 and your I-140 is approved. Is that correct? EB2. It's already it's yes. been out for the last 10 years. I know. Just yes. The answer to my question is it's approved. Okay. And as of May, the priority date is current for you. I Okay, just say yes, please. Yes. This is a final action date is current. And your oh, daughter yeah. has not turned 21 yet. Oh, she's, she's going, going to turn, turn 21 in July 2021, which is approximately about one and a half month or two months. Yes. Your daughter's age is locked. She's not going to age anymore for the purpose of the immigration you can relax. You don't have to do anything right now. You guys can use the EAD if you want to. But what, do I have to still uh, get my H1 uh, renewed? If I were you, I will not. I told you before to get the H1B renewed though. But now since your daughter's age is locked, if I were you, your I-140 is approved, I will not renew the H1B. Okay. If I'm not paying and my employer is paying, that's okay, right? To get it approved. There's nothing harm getting approved. Renewed. No, you're just making people like me rich. That's fine. There's no other not... purpose. This there's, there's no other purpose for it. Okay. But there is no way there that my the... affected or anything like that. Doesn't matter the H1B. Yeah, you, your daughter is not affected. You're good. It's okay, up to you, you if you want to. I will not extend the H1B. I just don't want to pay my employer unnecessarily only to make immigration lawyers rich. But it's up to you. You don't need it. Previously, I have told you to get the H-1B extension. Now I changed my mind because your daughter's age is locked. Next person, please. Thank you. 
Uh, good morning, Rahul Redigaru. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I filed for AOF last October, downgrading to EB3. Mm -hmm. My priority date is May 30, 2013. I had filed mm -hmm. in EB2. Now I downgrade uh -huh. to EB3. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, my question is uh, actually, I have a 20 year old daughter. She will turn 21 next month in June. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Okay. Uh, so for aging calculation, will they take my I-140 that was filed in 2013, which took only one week because we did in premium processing, or will they take uh, the latest one that we filed for EB3? It is the underlying I-140 that they will consider for the aging, not the previous one, but the underlying thing. You are not using the I-140 that you filed long time ago. You are using the I-140 recently that you filed in October to file your 485. So only this I-140 dates will be considered. The previous I-140 dates will not be considered. And also one thing there, you know, previous I-140, I filed for myself. My kids were under my wife's application. She oh, it doesn't matter. The kids are already included in everything, even there is nothing. You only file for yourself, I-140, though. If by any chance you didn't put your kids out there, you didn't list it out there, you listed out there, it doesn't matter. It's just a clerical thing, and they will ignore that one. Okay, so I thought maybe the kids were not at that time listed in mine. No, 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 no. Nothing to do with that. The only thing is that you are using this I-140 to file the 485, not the previous one. So it's this EB3 that, that is underlying will be counted. Next so person. Now she please. will, no, sorry, one second. Uh, she will turn 21 next month. So now we are in dilemma whether we have to continue for EAD or should we go for F1? She should file for F1 visa immediately as a backup plan. Even though she's not turning 21 until about six months later on, because of the CSPA age, she should file the F1 right now, and she should file a B2 application. I want you to uh, I want you to go and watch the YouTube video that I put and CSPA. It's about ten minutes or twenty minutes. I want to watch it. Next person, please. Only two persons, guys. We will abandon right the EAD application. Not true. Not true. This is fourth question you're asking, though, Sanjeev. Sorry, not this true. Is so critical. That's why I. I, know, I understand. It's, it's. You need to make an appointment. This is very critical. I understand. I'll give you a link there. I want you to make an appointment. You can lock your time for half an hour, whichever time you're free. We'll discuss. There are eighty people waiting. I cannot yeah. allocate thirty minutes. Sure, for you. sure. Please. Next give person. Me link. Yeah. Thanks. Um, Gayatri, can you leave the? Can you give the appointment link there? Next sure, person, please. Sure, Rahul. Thanks, Rahul, for taking my call. Um, so I have my EB2 I-140 approved from my previous employer. And uh, mm -hmm. currently I have uh, the firm again in EB2 approved from the current employer. And I'm uh, preparing to uh, apply the EB2 I-140 in premium with the current employer. Um, mm -hmm. So I I'm in a dilemma whether I should be applying in EB2 or EB3 or, you know, um, apply both. What's your what is your priority date? Uh, December 2014. Ah, 
You know what? It's very tough call for me to answer that question, though, because there are a lot of people who have filed in EB3. Who knows which one is going to move forward? I will suggest you one. Are you married? Yes. Give it. Give a coin to your husband. Tell him to move heads or tails. Okay. Tell him to call, and then whatever he tells you, do it. If something goes wrong, blame him, not me. <laughs> That's the only thing that I can tell you. I can't judge it, buddies. I've seen Chinese people going. It's like LA lines. No matter whatever line I go in, it just stops. I don't know why. So give it to your husband. Put him to ask him. If something happens and it comes EB two and EB three moves forward, slap him. <laughs> okay, that's so, all um, I can tell. So it's a um, judgment call. Okay, so uh, do you recommend uh, filing uh, either one of them if I'm doing uh, in premium or? Yeah, um, yeah. Either way, you will do in premium. Okay. Either way, you should do it. If I do EB two in premium now, and in uh, October, if EB three becomes current, then I can um, file the downgrade and the AOS. Absolutely, you can. Absolutely, you can. That's what a lot of other people do. Make sure that your company is willing to do it. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. Next person, please. Hello, Rahul. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello, Rahul. Can you hear me? Yeah. Before I go to you, I want to suggest the. You're very close for the priority date, though. If I were you, I would do one premium processing, either it's EB2 or EB3. Your husband will decide through the toss and blame him for it. Um, the second thing is that you can file both I-140s. You don't have to wait. I mean, because you're coming so close, you have your POM approval. I will have both the things filed though. Now, even though previously we told a different opinion, we changed our opinion right now based on how things are moving. Uh, go ahead, sir. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, no, that's fine. Thank you, Rahul, for taking the call. So uh, I was with employer A, and then like my uh, H1B expiration date was like August thirty first, twenty nineteen, and then uh, um, like before uh, September tenth, uh, uh, I came to know when I was checking online because I'm extending my H1B, and then it got uh, rejected. So I found another employment, and then. Uh, With another employer. B, wait, wait, wait! Started. I'm confused. Your I-94 was expiring on August 31st of 2019. Correct. And then uh, we have applied for uh, H-1B uh, extension back in the days, and then uh, it got rejected. Back in so I back in what day? What day you applied? Uh, we applied. Is it somewhere in January? January of 2020. January 2019. I'm confused. Yeah, we applied in January twenty nineteen. Oh, like it was much expiring. The... It was expiring in August two thousand and nineteen. But you applied extension in January. No, uh, I mean like uh, one or two months before, uh, before the uh, exp uh, expiration. expiration. So, so somewhere, somewhere you filed in 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 June or July. Okay. Correct, and then uh, later on, um, I got a rejection notice. and then uh i found another employment with employer uh, employer b and then it got approved from uh, september 19 2019 did it got approved with the i94 or without the i94 with the i94 yes okay go ahead with, with your question right yeah and then right now my i94 is valid until 2022 so my question is mm -hmm. like am i eligible for dropbox because since it's an h1 uh, extension thing oh yeah 
so your passport stamping is expiring in august 31st of 2019 is right correct yeah you are uh, they extended the drop box eligibility for four years in stuff it used to be one year then they extended it to two years then they extended it to four years so you are eligible for a drop box except that the nothing is functional in india right now but you are eligible for drop box yeah the reason why i'm asking this question is because i was with employer a and then changed to employer b and then oh yeah uh, also the, there is yeah the fact also, of the matter that you the fact of the matter that you changed from one company to another company is not affecting the drop box and yeah you told me that you filed the extension of you filed the transfer in january but you got the i94 so that has been cleared so you're in good shape i don't see any problem in it yeah in between uh, i don't have a valid i94 for about uh, 10 fine. days that's or something fine. like that that's fine you're still fine i don't see any problem with you you got the correct yeah. i94 you're fine correct perfect yeah one last question is like uh, for the new h1 scan uh, we go to canada right now for uh, getting it stamped because for my brother wants to go for canada his uh, h1b is like the first time h1b if they allow it right now you can go some of the times they allow sometimes they don't allow right now they're very restrictive and then even if they give an appointment they're canceling the appointment but if they allow the third country nationals you can make an appointment and you can go next Perfect. person thank please. you so much for taking the call thank you priya pradeep please note uh, please note that they do have even if you get the stamping though you go to india you will have a problem coming back unless you're eligible for go ahead priya uh thank you for taking my call rahul uh so my uh, i applied for a change of status from h4 to f1 in april of 2020 and while waiting for the change of status approval i applied for a b2 followed by two other b2 extensions in order to maintain my legal status and my question is i got my first b2 courtesy notice on may 7th of this year with a validation period of may 3rd to may 4th of 2021 I'm not quite understanding what that means. Whether the approved stay is just a day, or is that some error from the USCIS that I should be reaching out for? You said that you applied for two B two C's, right? Yeah. So the second B two is still pending. When did you file the second B two? Last January. The second B two I filed on October four, twenty twenty. and that is and still pending right now that is still pending uh no so the case status now shows that is denied and closed and then after that i have one more b2 that i applied on april 1st of 2021 so there's overall three b2s i am a bit confused ma'am <clears throat> my mind is not able to process all the dates in this one minute though you may want to have a consultation with somebody because i those dates are very crucial you had some marital issues is right that's the reason why you filed b2 why did not you file the h4 no i was trying to convert my h4 to f1 as i aged out last year april oh sorry you're you're a kid sorry okay um so i i'm unable to follow the sequence though okay you when did you aged out I aged out on April 14, 2020. So before that you filed one B2 application. Yes, I did. Yeah. And then that B2 got approved or not? No, that uh, that got approved this month. Which is which is staying only it says May 3rd to May 7th. 
May 3rd. Then you have of, of 2020 or 2021? 21. Oh, you're good then. You're good. I don't see a problem. Then before that, before that, you filed one more B2, which is still pending. The second B2 is still pending. Second B2 is denied and closed. And then the third one is case received. Ah, uh, so you have a gap there, but you have this I-94 until things messed up for you. Mm -hmm. Things messed up for you. Um, you need to consult a lawyer because the second B2 is denied. So I'm, I see a problem there because first B2 should have, shouldn't have been approved all the way to May of 2021 because you didn't request it until May of 2021. You're not even eligible until May of 2021. So why did they approve? The first one is wrong. The second one is wrong because they denied it. You have the third one. They may deny the third one saying that, hey, there's a gap period there. So I would definitely contact the lawyer, ma'am. Um, I would recommend Sunita Kapoor for this. S-U-N-I-T-A, not T-H-A. S-U-N-I-T-A, Sunita Kapoor.com. Okay. Next okay. person, please. Deepanshu. Hi, Rahul. Thank you for taking the call. Uh, sure. So I have applied my 485 in October. I have approved EAD and AP. Uh, and my mm -hmm. priority date is uh, in uh, December 2013 uh, in EB3. Mm -hmm. Of course. Uh, so my 180 days are over after 485. So I'm trapped. Did you file? Did you did you file the I-140 downgrade or you did not? No, did not. You did not file that. Was, That's good. Okay. Yeah. It's a straight. Yeah. And it's, it's 180 days is over. Okay. Yeah. So right now I am in a non-profit and trying to change the job into profit. Uh, for software developer, the SOC codes are different. So does it make any difference or? You have to be in the same profession. It doesn't say you have to be in the same SOC code. So yeah, if you're a software soft professional, of course yeah. you are. Of course you are. I know that. If you're a software professional, you're a software professional, that's fine. But if you moved, you want to become a lawyer like me? No, it's not allowed, at least until you get the green card. So within software profession, if you move from software developer to any other thing, that's perfectly fine. Okay, because and in a non-profit, the SOC. There is no non, yeah, you, yeah, that's fine. You still have to be in the same profession. There's no restriction for the 485J supplement that the new company has to be a non-profit. Absolutely not required. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's the only question that I had. Thank you Next so much. Next person, please. Priya. Yeah. Hi, Rahul. Thanks for accepting my call. So I just want to ask, like, my husband is on H-1B visa and he's in India and I'm on H-4 visa and I'm in US and currently I'm pregnant. And since it's not safe to travel in India and I have written consent from my doctor not to travel, my husband is not ready to cooperate even before, even before the ban of the flights. So he always wanted me to travel to India no matter how bad the situation is there. So I got RFE on my H4 because he's in India. So my first question is, can I stay in US on medical basis? You can, you can, you have to file a, something called B2 application online to stay in this country. So if I file a B2 application online, uh, can I ignore RFE? What should I do for the RFE in that case? You should respond to the RFE saying that, well, you have time for responding to the RFEs, right? Yeah, it's May 24th. May 24th plus 60 days afterwards because you have 60 days but extension. we don't have anything. Okay. So, but we don't you have, have anything in written, right? 
No, it's uh, there online. Uh, USCIS has it online. That it's 60 days. You have 60 days extra to respond to that RFE. Check it online. Okay. Okay. So and, I need to withdraw that. You can withdraw it after you file the B2 application, not right now. Okay. Okay. Don't do it right now. Do it later on because you want to delay as much as possible so that your medical things will get better for you. Your baby is born and the baby is ready to travel. So don't file the B2 right now. Uh, sorry, you can file, you should file the B2 right now, but don't respond to it. You have May 24th or whatever date plus 60 days. It's written there on the USCIS website. The 60 day grace period is there for you to respond to it. And about 55th day or so, you write a letter saying that I'm withdrawing the H4 because I'm going for B2. Next person, please. Shrikant. Shrikant. Yeah, hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, sir, uh, when we change the state, uh, move to another state, and when address change is in progress, uh, we created AR11 request and it's in progress. Can we upgrade the premium, uh, uh, 142 premium, the downgrade? Absolutely. That has nothing to do with this one, though. I-140 is nothing to do with your... You're come working for a consulting companies, right? Yes. Absolutely. The I-140 print processing is only to do with the company, nothing to do with you. For it for address changes is to do with you. So go ahead, do it. Don't wait for anything related to address change, uh, address change okay? And second question, sir. Uh, my kids are in India. My wife uh, is thinking to go get them not now but when things settle down uh, there are no biometrics yet so if in case she is in india and biometrics requested can we reschedule for her uh, kids are u.s citizens yes i would i would recommend not to reschedule though we are seeing some denials because of that okay. but if it's an emergency like what is going on right now i understand it as, as much as possible, avoid it. If not, go for the rescheduling. Next person, please. Okay, thank you. Madhu? Uh, can you hear me? Yes, Madhu, go ahead. Hello? Yeah, so uh, this is for my uh, mother-in-law. You know, uh, we applied. Uh, she was here from Feb of 2020 to uh, June of, uh, sorry. I mean, he had a visa from Feb to June of 2020. And we mm -hmm. applied for her extension, right? Uh, B2 extension. But after mm -hmm. the fact, she left the country in December of 2020. Like mm -hmm. almost like 10 months after, now we received the fingerprints appointment. Like, should we, should we do anything with it? Don't do anything. They will deny the B2. That's okay. But make sure okay. when she comes next time, she has the receipt notice of the B2 application. She has the fingerprint notice. You can do one thing. I mean, have her withdraw the B2 application, you know, instead of getting a denial though. Okay, that's one okay. thing. Um, so, but make sure that she keeps the documentation that she applied okay. for the this one and she got the biometrics. She requested for the withdrawal because she's no longer in the country and could not attend the biometrics. Okay, that's just a letter to the, the USCIS. Yes, by this letter okay. I'm withdrawing because I left the country. Okay, yeah, thank you. Next person, please. Pratik. Hi Rahul, this is Pratik. I have two quick questions. One is regarding priority dates. So in one of your videos, you mentioned uh, that your analysis 
of how far EV3 would move was uh, like it, you said it could move up to 2020, but Emily Newman says it will probably not move beyond 2016. So have you all like talked about the details of why your opinions differ and um, what is the math behind this, your estimations? <laughs> as I also said in the same statement, the worst predictor in the entire world of priority date was me. And the second worst predictor of the priority date was Emily. Um, if you go, <laughs> and um, that should give an idea where we are at. I want you to go back and look into the video what we did in August or September of 2020. Um, what we predicted at that point of time was, I predicted it to be 2013. Emily predicted it to be 2011 or maybe 2012. Um, we did not predict 2015. How do you all predict in the first place? Like, why is your math different from her math? And why doesn't it, you know, reconcile? Uh, Good question. Previously, we used to have stats released by the USCIS. How many number of applications are pending with the USCIS? And how many of their priority dates, which priority dates they belong to? Uh, since uh, since Trump administration came in from 2018, they stopped publishing it. Now we have to go with the I-140 approval notices. They are not reliable information though. Uh, even before 2018, we can't predict it properly though. And I-140, why we can't predict the I-140 is that now look into the things. They are going to put a data that they're going to put a data that so many I-140 applications were been approved. But guess what? A lot of people are filing downgrade applications. That's two I-140 applications. Then there is another problem there. Wife and husband are there. Wife and husband both are filing an I-140 application. Guess what? They don't, they're not going to use both I-140 application approvals. The third thing is that when company people move from company A to company B, um, they file one more I-140. So those are all duplicate counts that are not used. Having said that, why nobody can predict it properly? Not the State Department, not Emily Newman, not me, not anybody. Why can't we predict it properly? Is There is a per country quota of 7% limit for Indian nationals. You all know that. So out of the 140,000 green cards, how many are we supposed to get per 7%? I'm not a math graduate. Most of you guys are engineers. So approximately 10,000 green cards is right. So approximately 10,000 green cards will be given to Indians. We, we are guaranteed to get the 10,000 because we are waiting for a long period of time. Then what happens is that out of the 140,000 green cards, the unused, that means that nobody, it's like a buffet, 140, 140 people will be called in. We all are waiting in line. Indians are all waiting in line. 10 people will go in. Then guess what? They will count who came in, who didn't came in. Okay, they will wait until the end of the buffet. And then, then they say, well, there are 10 uh, buffets still left. Hey, guys, Indians, come over. You take the thing. So we won't know how many leftovers will be there for the 140,000 free cards until we know the worldwide demand. Why can't we know the worldwide demand? No I-140s will give the grip because these people are filing immediately, right? Unlike you and other people, you've been waiting for a long period of time. But the Bangladeshis and Pakistanis, they file immediately. They don't have to wait for a long period of time. So we don't know that how many unused green cards are there. Those unused green cards will fall to us, right? 
when now do we comes, know how many when when exactly will we know october 1st how many unused green cards were there that will spill over to eb2 india and eb3 india we won't know until the next uh, we won't know until 3 months or 4 months of the next year though we won't know it like so what? now now we have the 140000 green cards available this year according to my prediction all 120000 will go to indians because there is nobody else waiting that's most probably true what about the 140000 green cards though how many of them will come to us depends on how many of them are unused so that prediction is very hard to predict how many of them will be unused so for sure i'm expecting that we are going to get anywhere between 120 to even 160000 this year why because one because of the pandemic lot of things are backlogged and we are a little bit ahead of it and then adjudications of things have not gone through the other people are not active we are very active uh, so that's the reason it's very hard to predict uh, the state department said that the dumb uscis i would say dumb uscis didn't use 10000 green cards of last year that means out of the 140000 they only used 130000 they wasted the 10000 i am hoping this year they are going to use the entire 260000 green cards we don't even know if they will not use all 260000 what if they don't use it can this extra green cards go to the next year no they don't go if they don't use it they gone in trash it's like a buffet you eat is it, it in, you eat it you don't is it you don't unlawful, it's going to trash is it unlawful to not use because it's their job to use like if the law says that you have to spill over everything since there is demand so it's their job to use every single green card that spills over how can they not use uh i mean just just a question curious question so in 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 law uh in law gayatri can you um, tell the 12 o'clock person that i'll be late by 10 minutes at uh, sure, page sir. leo um page leo um good question you're asking very good questions in in when we want to go to court though okay there is something called moot and there is something called not ripe okay just like the mango is not ripe we can't eat it is right so we can't file a case against the uscis before the incident happened because the incident has not happened got it once the incident mm-hmm. happened it's moot got it so they cannot recapture so, those based so that's so that's a, it's moot because according to law they can't recapture it before that they'll say hey we haven't finished the year how can you say that we're not so, so there are exceptions there, there are the law there are ex- the, 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 it's it's a, it's a general principle of law there are ways to get around we can raise a class action suit but it's going to take time the effectiveness of the class action will be very long remember we filed a class action about 4 5 months ago we just got only single piece of it it's the whole thing is not adjudicated only single piece of it is adjudicated is right so imagine that that if we file right now the judge will just say it's not right if we file it after october 1st the judge will say it's moot um there are ways the out itself. i mean you can, you can you can look into roe versus wade which is about the pregnancy thing is that you know you know when when a pregnancy can be terminated there are ways around it i'm not telling that but it's going to be very costly affair and it's going to be a class action to you know ela paid us for the ela paid for the class action should when some big organization has to do it so this is a 
big issue. You have right points, but as I said, remember, not ripe yet. Now we go to the court, uh-uh. we may adjudicate all 260,000. How can you say we can't? Then we go in October 1st, I say, it's, it's, it's not, it's moot, okay? That's the reason it's very tough to predict what the priority date is. And I claim the title of the worst predictor of the priority date and somebody wants to challenge it, I have all evidence, I'm the worst guy. Next person, so, please. Good questions. So could, one quick follow-up question I had to initially. So my priority date is July 23rd, 2018. And my I-140 porting is currently underway. And it will be completed because it just started. The prevailing wage just started. So it will be completed around, I, I'm hoping, July of 2020. What do you mean I-140 porting? Though You said your I-140 uh, is already approved. You have 2018. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was approved. But I changed jobs earlier this year. Uh, actually, last ah. year. I changed jobs. Okay. So they just started okay. the porting process. So it will be ported, I'm hoping, by June of 2022. It takes about one year end to end, right? All phases combined, prevailing wage, firm, and premium processing, okay. I-140. So, uh, so is it possible that uh, before June of 2022, uh, the, uh, the dates will not retrogress? Do you think if... As I said, you, okay. I claim the title. <laughs> you okay. Even that is it's not going true. to be tough. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, I claim the title, remember. Somebody mm-hmm. wants to challenge me, they can. I have all evidence that I'm the best in the worst. Uh, next person, right. please. Thank you. Priyam? Good questions. Very good questions. Oh, hi. Hi there. Hi, Rahul. Um, thanks for taking my call. Uh, so my parents are here on B2 Vister Visa. And, um, you know, I wanted to know if they would be eligible for an extension because the COVID situation is being... Absolutely, yeah. Back in India, yeah. and I was you can file the B. Normally, yeah. I never advise people to file the B two application, B two extensions, though. But absolutely, this is like pandemic. People are dying. There's no room in the hospital. There's not even oxygen to feed them there. Um, so definitely, you can file a B two extension right now. You can. I would so, advise you not to file manually, even if it costs money. File uh-huh. it online. You will avoid people like me. It's better to pay online rather than to get me involved in it, okay? File it so online. So you're saying go through a lawyer to file it? No, just file it online. File it online? Okay, and so I'm just yeah. going to file the I-539? I-539. You, ju- you just will pay some extra uh, filing fees for your mother. Uh, you know, if you're mm-hmm. filing for both the parents, you'll have to file. Mm-hmm. But it's better to go through online rather than going through manual. Okay. Okay. So... So do we, do I have to wait for, you know, um, that application to get an approval in order for to what? like, you know, once I do file the extension, since I don't know if I'll, you know, get an approval yet. Um, like, so their, not, their flight back is in July first week. So. Yeah. You can apply before July if they're before okay. their identity for expires. That's uh-huh. it. And then you will have to wait for the approval to come in biometrics to come in. And if by any chance, you can only apply for six months. If the biometrics and those things don't come in, let them live within six months after you file a B2 extension. That's it. So so I, if, just if I apply now, am I waiting for that approval to extend their stay no. or do I? No, no, you don't wait for the approval though. You okay. filing the application itself is enough. Don't file it right now. File it in the last week when the I-94 expired, 10 days before that, okay? Don't file it right now. Okay. Next person and the last person, please. Hi, Rahul. Thanks for taking the call. So uh, I, I, uh, I'm, on, I'm currently on H1B and I don't have my I-140 process started yet. So I have a question. 
when my when i got my h1b picked i got an rfe and uh, that i've submitted the document for rfe and my h1b got approved in 2017 january okay but my um, receipt on the receipt it says that my h1b started on october 1st 2016 okay there is a, a void of 3 months right so uh, uh, i don't know if i can use it or uh, what what happens to that 3 months october 16 yes october oh, 1st 2016 it says on the receipt that it is started from that but actually in actually, actually you received the approval on, on january Jan- of january 2017. of 2017 Yes, 18, right. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Okay. I would like to avoid to make an argument if possible. Mm-hmm. I would like to avoid if possible though. Because it's always, can you not get the I-140 approval by six years? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The thing is, my I-140, I mean, I, I couldn't start it because of different reasons. And uh, uh, because of that reason... Well, uh, everybody else who is listening to this guy make sure that you don't do this drama when you are in the fifth year or sixth year guys try to do in the first two years of that that's better than yeah i i think so it, you have a valid argument to make and i think so they should mm-hmm. agree with you on that uh, mm-hmm. that because you are an f1 visa and uh, mm-hmm. try to document from your university system you're not you did not get kicked out of the civil system until january of 2017 document mm-hmm. it and make an argument you should be fine I don't see okay, any problem fine. in it. Fine. Thanks, Rahul. Thank you, guys. The next conference call will be um, tomorrow at uh, 4.30 Central Time. Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites, rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day.